Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. So many people that I work with are struggling to overcome an addiction to pornography. They're struggling in their relationships to rebuild trust, have the kind of marriage that they've been wanting to have. And this can feel such a, like an overwhelming road for so many people. And what I find is that when couples start to make progress, when husbands start to actually make progress and they're trending in the right direction, even when they're doing better, there's this fear in the back of their mind of, what if I slip though? And the wife feels the same way. She's thinking like, okay, I'm seeing him make progress. I'm seeing him improve, but when's the other shoe going to drop? And I know this is natural because for so many years, husbands will struggle literally for years and years and years with the same pattern. They'll do well for a bit. And then after they start to do well, sometimes what happens is they lose motivation and they start to feel like, okay, I'm doing much better. I don't need to be as watchful. And then they fall right back into it. And the wife, of course, is betrayed and it feels devastated. So through experience, they just anticipate there's another slip around the corner and neither person wants to experience that. And so I find this to be, again, it's such a discouraging place for so many people to be because the reason why they're in this process of trying to overcome the addiction in the first place is because they want to feel better. They want more peace in their life. They want more confidence. They want more happiness and trust and connection. And what happens is while they're in the process of healing, they don't feel those things because they're so worried another slip is going to happen. And so they're, they're kind of at odds with one another. If you're making progress, we want to feel good. We want to be at peace. We want to feel more confidence. And so if this fear in the back of your mind is, but it's not going to last, it's hard to actually enjoy the process of becoming a better person, which again is ultimately the goal of all of this in the first place. And so often, again, a wife's experience is that they need to then, to then be hypervigilant. They need to then constantly be aware of and on guard of the other shoe dropping. They need to ask the right questions because the concern is that, well, if my husband's not telling me that he's struggling, then maybe he's just hiding it. Maybe I just need to look through his phone. Maybe I need to search the internet history browser. Maybe I need to ask him all these questions to make sure he's doing well. But when she's in that position of asking those questions, she doesn't want to be there. That doesn't feel good for her. She doesn't want to be a detective. And so often the addiction and the way that the process unfolds almost trains or conditions her to do that because she's learned if I don't ask the right question, then he's going to hide. He's going to lie. He's not going to tell me the truth. So I have to do this if I'm going to figure out what's going on. And again, she doesn't want that energy in her life. She doesn't want to be worried about this. And the same thing is true for the husband. The husband doesn't want to feel like, I remember working with a client one time who said that he constantly felt like there was an intruder right outside of his front door that was always trying to break in. He was always on guard that if he wasn't mindful of the addiction every day, that it was going to come up out of nowhere and grab a hold of him and bring him back into the old pattern. So he felt like he had to constantly fight against, he had this image of the uh, this intruder trying to break into the house, right? He's putting up all of his energy in this fight to get into the house. And he was on the other side of the door trying to keep it closed. And he was putting all of his energy and effort and willpower, everything that he had, all of his, like everything he could muster, he would put into keeping the addiction at bay. And again, that's no place that he wants to be. He doesn't want to continually be on guard. The husbands that I work with, the men I work with, want to feel free. They want to not have to worry about this problem anymore. And 
this is, I think, so often where people get stuck. They just have this fear continually in the back of your mind. So today, what I want to share with you is how you can approach this differently, how you can actually feel peace while you're making progress, again, which is the goal of this whole process anyways. And so one thing to keep in mind is that when a slip or a relapse happens, they don't come out of nowhere. There's always a reason why it happens. And this is maybe contrary to what many people think. It's like, well, if I'm not on guard, kind of like what I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if I'm not continually watchful, I'm going to slip. But the reality is there's always a reason why it happens. It doesn't just happen out of nowhere. And when people feel like it does, it's because they're not aware of the inner workings of what led to it. And so part of how you can fight this is to become very clearly aware of exactly why it's happening in the first place. If you don't know why it's happening, then it feels like it's out of nowhere. But the reality is that's not actually how it is. There's something that leads to it. And it's so often not this cause and effect. Well, my wife yelled at me, so then I go and act out. Or I messed up at work, so then I go and act out. It's usually not, not, that, uh, not that causal. So what happens though is I do get in a fight with my wife and then I start to feel bad. I feel rejected. I show up at work and I'm behind on my project. Then I start to feel like I'm failing there. Or I you know, get into a fight or I, I, I lose my temper with my kids and then I start to feel like I'm a bad dad. And then that stacks up and I don't address it. And then the next day something happens and another negative experience stacks up and I don't address it. And slowly this starts to build, which it reaches a tipping point where they feel this, it's like a cauldron. It's like a, a pressure cooker. The more you put in there, the more pressure, the more stuff you put in this cauldron or pressure cooker, the more it builds and builds and builds until it does, you hit your threshold. And we all have limits. We all have limits of how bad we can feel without needing to cope. We all have limits of, you know, in this situation where once we hit it, we revert back to an old pattern that doesn't serve us. So the key, one of the things that you can do is recognize what are the things that are contributing to you feeling bad? Why did the slip occur? And unless you know exactly why, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. So the process, the work is to get good at being able to self-diagnose, recognize what's leading to this. And how you do that is you start to pay attention to your feelings more. Most people are on autopilot all the time. They're not thinking about how they feel because they're busy with the day. In addiction, you are training yourself not to think about how you feel because that's what addiction is. You're turning to some behavior or substance to try to get away from how you feel. So you're actively training yourself to not pay attention to your emotions, which again is keeping you in autopilot, which makes it seem like the addiction comes up out of nowhere. So to counter this, to deal with the problem, you have to then train yourself to get good at identifying it. The more you can identify the problem, the more you're then able to recognize, okay, this led to this, that led to this. So how I can intervene is that when this happens, let's say I get into a fight with my wife. The antidote to getting into a fight with your wife is not to isolate. It's not to pick up your phone. It's not to listen to music. It's not to go talk to your friend. The antidote to getting into a fight with your wife, or if you're the wife listening, the antidote is to deal with the problem directly with your spouse. It's to repair. It's to, it's to have a conversation where you work through the pain that it caused you. It's to apologize when necessary. And it's to work through things to help you guys reconnect. Connection is the antidote. It's not any of these other things. It's not distracting yourself. And so once you recognize, okay, a fight with my wife or a fight with my spouse 
leads to me feeling rejected and bad, I need to then deal with the problem directly. Then what happens is instead of putting that into the cauldron of feeling bad and waiting for that thing to bubble up and then spill over, it's I put it in the cauldron, but I know what to do now. I can address it directly, so I'm pouring it out. And the more you pour out, again, those are the healthy behaviors we want to learn. Again, in addiction, you're training yourself to do the opposite. You're not dealing with the issue. You're avoiding the problems, which is what keeps you stuck in the cycle. So you learn why something's a struggle, why you're feeling the way that you are. You can put it, it goes into the cauldron, but you dealing with it pours it out. And the more you improve on your abilities to deal with the problems directly, the further and further away you get from addiction. Again, it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen out of nowhere. It's happening for a specific reason. So one of the first things that you can do is identify it and deal with it directly. The last thing that I want to share about that principle is that the old way of overcoming addiction, the traditional way of doing this, requires hypervigilance and continual maintenance. And when people are in this pattern of being hypervigilant and maintenance and maintaining their progress through sheer willpower, through sheer just trying to fend off the addiction, it's just not sustainable. That's why people do well for a bit, then they fall back into the addiction. It's because they're trying to willpower themselves through the problem instead of dealing with the issue at the core. So for instance, a way to think about this is, uh, like an analogy that I'll often use with people is, if you have a leaky pipe, the way to deal with that is to replace the pipe. And once you replace the pipe, you can actually then be at peace and not worry, oh, is there a problem with the pipe? No, because you've dealt with it. You've seen it. You've addressed it. You've, you've done it with your, you did it with your own hands. You see it with your own eyes. It's no longer leaking. The reason why it was leaking was because there was decay happening. So once you replace that part and you, you seal it shut, then it's good. Then you can sleep easy knowing you've dealt with the issue. The same thing is true when it comes to overcoming addiction and repairing your relationship or rebuilding trust. It's dealing with the issue allows you to then sleep easy knowing that you're not at risk. And the key to really sustaining this sense of peace, the key to feeling relaxed continually moving forward, knowing that you're no longer in, 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 uh, a in the danger zone of slipping, is when you develop, when you develop the skill of being able to self-diagnose and then deal with the issue by putting in new plans and implementing new ways of approaching the situation. So for instance, if you own a home and you have no idea how to fix leaky faucets or leaky pipes, but you know every year the pipe leaks, if you know what to do and you know how to address the issue, you don't feel so afraid because when you notice there are some signs of a pipe needing attention, you simply just go grab your tool bag and go deal with the issue. The same thing is true. The analogy that I'm kind of sharing in this is there's always going to be stress in life. There's always going to be disagreements in your marriage. There's always going to be setbacks at work. There's always going to be problems in, in life. But when you know how to deal with those problems, those don't become a part of the fuel for addiction. It's just how you navigate life. Again, you don't have to be worried, okay, if I'm, I'm stressed, I need to really be staying on guard so I don't you know, I don't end up alone in my house and I don't have my internet browser without a filter on it. Instead, it's like, oh, I'm stressed, but I know what to do. I know how to talk through my stress. I know how to deal with my stress. I can process this in a healthy way because I have all these new tools to deal with it. And so once you have a new way of being, it doesn't matter how stressful life becomes because you can deal with it effectively. So instead of this traditional way of trying to push through uncomfortable situations, 
It's truly just being able to be different and have new ways of approaching uncomfortable situations, which ultimately help you make progress in the long term. So we've talked a lot about today so far about ad- addressing and dealing with the root cause of the issue. Many people that I work with originally have this question of how do I know if I've actually dealt with the root cause of the issue? And I think that's such a good question to ask. And very understandably, a wife is going to want to know the same thing because if she's used to, okay, he's making progress, it seems like we're getting away from this, and then he falls right back into it, she's going to have her guard up continually, and again, for good reason. And so how do you know if you're addressing the root cause? The way that you know that is, number one, you start to feel differently, and number two, your behavior changes. I was listening to somebody speak, and he said that the way he defines learning is that when you are confronted with the same situation, your behavior is different. And so if you sit in a seminar and you, you, you say that you're hearing all these new things, but you don't implement anything, let's say you're, you're at a seminar and you're dealing with how to improve your relationship. If you go back home and none of the tools that you've learned or have heard you've applied, you technically haven't actually learned anything because you're getting into the same cycle over and over and over again. And that's not to say that we'll be perfect, but unless you implement what you're learning or implement what you've heard, you haven't truly absorbed and learned the new thing. You've just heard about it. Life changes when we learn through implementation. So when you're dealing with the root cause of the issue, how you can recognize if you're different is if you approach life and situations differently. And again, this is about progress. It's about consistency. It's not perfection because sometimes people will make progress and then they'll get into a fight where let's say the husband becomes defensive and the wife will say, well, see, look, you're still doing it. So yes, we want to have some compassion and grace for knowing we're still human. We're going to make mistakes. But if the trend is different and you're learning new skills and you're being different, that's a big part of how you can recognize you're you're dealing with the issue because you're changing. And then number two, you're feeling different. If you're struggling with low self-worth, if you feel like you're continually not enough and you're a failure and you're a bad person and it doesn't matter what you do, you're never going to escape this problem. If you are stuck in that place without feeling any different, then you're still in the same cauldron. You're still in the same pot of struggle and pain and overwhelm. And so if you're dealing with the root cause of the issue, you're going to start to feel differently. You're going to increase your confidence. You're going to feel more excited about life. You're going to feel more optimistic. You're going to be more compassionate with yourself. You're going to show up in your marriage differently. You're going to show up as a father differently if you have kids. You will be different as a person when you're working on the reason why you've, you've been stuck in your progress. I remember working with a client one time where the wife recognized after he actually dealt with the problem and had a heart change, he recognized, okay, this isn't working for me. I need to approach this whole situation differently. And he changed how he was as a person. He then no longer had this temptation to turn back to pornography because it became disgusting to him. His heart, his desires, his mindset all changed. And how that manifested in their relationship is he became more present. She said, when he started to deal with the issue, I recognized the change because he was more engaged with me. He was more engaged with the kids. Instead of constantly checking out on his phone or not wanting to be around us, being in his room watching TV all by himself, he wasn't doing that anymore. He was being with us. He spoke with the kids differently. He spoke to me differently. And that's when I knew that something had changed. And when she learned about this process that we're talking about here on this episode, that 
hypervigilance isn't what changes something. It's the heart change. It's addressing the core issues. She was then able to feel peace. She didn't have to wonder, oh, I wonder if he's doing something he shouldn't be doing because she saw the day-to-day evidence that he was different. Therefore, when somebody is different, they're not going to be doing these old behaviors of hiding and lying and isolating and turning to this behavior or substance that numbs them out because she sees he's not like that anymore. And so you can find peace knowing that you've dealt with the root issue because you feel differently, your behavior changes, and the whole circumstance and how you, how you approach circumstances, your whole approach to circumstances and, and life becomes different so you actually can make progress and feel at ease that you're, you don't have to worry about the addiction cropping up again because you know why it happened and you've dealt with it, which allows you to actually move forward. So to summarize this approach, again, this is very different than the old way of doing it, which is hoping, pushing through, using willpower. We're really trying to actually slow down, take a step back, go easy on yourself, and recognize you can go easy on yourself while having a standard of, I want to eliminate this problem from my life. And I can then take steps to identify why I'm struggling and working through the issues with very specific plans, with new tools, changing my approach, and being different. I think about this being one of the most effective ways for people to be successful because by changing behavior, that's how things become different. I think about my father-in-law. He's a pilot. He's retired. And he shares with me all these stories, which I find fascinating, about how so often when people talk about, uh, you know, flying in an airplane is really scary. He says the reality is it's extremely safe. And the number of accidents and crashes are so low, tragic when they happen, of course, But the likelihood of a problem occurring that results in a crash is so, so small. And so he talks about how when planes crash, it's rarely a malfunction with the equipment. It's almost always operator error. And so I I share this with you to reinforce that planes don't just fall out of the sky for no reason. Just like when we're struggling in our marriages, it doesn't happen for no reason. If we're struggling with overcoming an addiction, again, you're not stuck for no reason. And so if you truly want to be successful in this process of overcoming this problem and finding joy and finding peace, it's simply a matter of taking a step back, being able to self-diagnose after you've learned the skills. And if you haven't learned that skill yet, that's where it's so helpful to work with somebody who knows how to guide you with this. So as you're listening to these podcasts, my goal is to share with you a bunch of tools and direction and support. And for people who want some extra help, then I'd love to help in any way that I can. Sometimes people reach out for help and we start to work together. And so that's available for those who want it. Because the way to learn new skills is to get feedback, is to get support, is to get direction. And so I hope that, again, as you've listened to these episodes, you're getting that. But the idea is to teach you. My goal when I work with a client is to teach them how to self-diagnose and to teach them a series of new approaches and skills so that they can implement that So long after we finish, so you don't have to be in therapy for years, long after you finish, you know what to do and you know how to be successful from here on out. And so the goal is to recognize when something is happening or some breakdown, some problem, is to self-diagnose after you've learned that skill, know how to approach the the situation differently, which which ultimately leads to change, progress, and feeling of confidence and peace, not only in your relationship, but for yourself as a parent, in your work situation, 
spirituality, any area of life, you can apply the same principle to this of recognizing where things break down and what you can do about this. So I would encourage you this week to think about where the breakdown is in your life. What roadblock do you continually hit? And instead of continuing to just recommit and saying, okay, I'm going to do better, try to take a step back, reflect on why you're there, and then put a new plan in place. Because it's not about doing more of the same. It's doing it differently. And so the more you can recognize where you can change your approach, change your approach, the more you're actually going to be able to exit this loop and find the freedom that you've been seeking. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship so you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.